Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. All that glitter and all that gold won't buy everything you've been bought and sold. Welcome to the new and improved Habs Unfiltered with Less Filter, hosted by Blaine Potvin, Matt Smith, and Treg Toxic Wilson. We provide you, our listeners, informative, honest discussion and entertainment about the Montreal Canadiens, hockey, and sometimes bad life advice. Stick around, we will be right back with a jam-packed and entertaining episode. And welcome back to another edition of uh, Habs Unfiltered. I'm Treg Wilson. I'm kind of hosting this this week. Uh, Blaine Potvin is in uh, quarantine in a hotel being ready to deploy with the Canadian Navy. And But I am joined by our Air Force buddy, uh, Matt Smith. Good evening, Treg. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Back to work in the morning, and uh, you never know. I might be joining Treg in the near future. You Blaine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you might. You I'm never know. You might go anywhere. too. You you might go too. I might. I could. Yes. Yes. It's, uh, that's possible. My uh, where I'm at now, the fleet dive unit. We're uh, we're going to be the guys that'll probably have to go to New Brunswick when it starts flooding or something like that. So well, there you go. So we might yeah. all run into each other at some point. We could. We could. Yeah. So uh, how's your uh, life with COVID nineteen or quarantine isolation? Now you must be an essential worker for uh, there in Trenton there at the base. So because you're working every day. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we're still seen as essential just without uh, the support we're used to having. Uh, you know, aircraft still need to get fixed. They still need to uh, meet missions around uh, Canada and around the world. So uh, we're working our asses off and making sure that we have serviceable assets to uh, serve Canada. Yeah, uh, I am working from home. So, uh, you know, I'm working really hard. And, Very uh, much so. Long, long days go into the evening. Of video games and movies, so. Uh, <laughs> uh, but joking aside, uh, everyone, in order to get rid of this uh, or, or flatten this curve, stay home, stay safe, don't intermingle, only go out and get what you have to go go out and get. I think they're suggesting one person from each household once a week to go out and get groceries or whatever you need. Uh, keep it to a minimum. I know around here, every day the grocery store seems. Like Uh, stay home, beaches, quick going to the parks on a, on a nice day, stay home, be safe, and let's get rid of this thing as soon as possible instead of having to drag on for months on end. Having said all that, let's move on. So I'm willing to guess, I don't know if you agree there, Matt, but the season is pretty much over. If my opinion. I, I would say so. We're seeing a lot of these major cities uh, <sighs> starting to 
come out and say all public gatherings, including sporting events, uh, concerts, etc., are all going to be canceled um, into May, into June, etc. And we know that uh, the NHL has called on the teams and the owners and the owners of the buildings and all that to start booking dates or at least blocking off dates um, into the fall. But the more and more we see this death toll rising and the amount of cases that are um, that are just that are blowing up uh, all across the world, it's it's seeming more more than likely that the season's going to come to an end. You just look at, for instance, like we're a Canadians-based show. You look at the province of Quebec, who as of today, we're we're the uh, with the third of April today, they're bringing in the military. Um, they're the first province to do so. And you look at the last, say, 10 days in Quebec, and you've had confirmed cases of roughly 250, 300 people, and that spiked into 4,000 plus within a week. So the only way to flatten this curve is to distance yourself from others. And as much as I'd love to see the Canadians back at the Bell Center or hockey in general return, for the for right now, it's the best thing to everyone stay at home, everyone stay safe, and uh, once this goes away or we find a cure or whatever the hell happens, you know, well, hockey's not going to go away, which just going to be delayed for you know the the time being. Yes, I uh, yeah. If I mean, I think the NHL wants to have a Stanley Cup. And they've even talked of having it in July, but I personally think we were just better off calling it a season and, and hoping we get the next season off on the uh, at the right time. I agree. And, and just stick with the dates that you have for the draft and the NHL awards and all this kind of stuff. And you know, you don't need to you don't need to change the date of the draft, in my opinion, right now. Um because I can't see it happening with people anyway. It's probably going to be a some sort of social media thing that they're going to do. It's it's not going to you're not, you're not going to see twenty thousand fans at the uh, at the Bell Center watching Left Renier get picked number one. Like it's uh, we already know that's not going to happen. Yes, yeah. I I, I think it's just going to be a teleconference. Hey, our first pick is this. Yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly not going to be yeah. as exciting as what it would normally be, but it's still something we can look forward to as the draft this year is pretty uh, is pretty stacked, especially in the top ten. <laughs> and that's where the Canadians are likely going to be picking. Yeah. So yeah. you know, and you never know. You know, they might where when we find out what the lottery is actually going to be, they might even have the first overall pick. It could be. But this is a good segue into our first segment on. How, what do you think Bergevin's uh, going to do this summer to improve the team? And uh, who do you think stays? Who's going to go? Who? Let's. Uh, we'll we'll have a discussion on how we think uh, Bergevin's summer is going to be because I think it's going to have to be a pretty big one, or uh, we're going to be in for another year of uh, maybe playoff team. So, uh, what do you think, Matt? Well, the guys that right now that are that are restricted free agents, uh, we're looking at uh, Domi, Charles Houdon, uh, Xavier Ouellette, Mate, those kind of players. Um, guys like Jake Evans, etc. I can see most of them coming back, 
except for Houdon. I don't know if he's going to come back, especially if he is pushed back to Lavelle. Because we've seen that he can, we've seen that he can really bring it in the AHL, but he just doesn't have it when he comes to the NHL. Other than that one season that he had, that I think he put up twenty five, thirty points. Other than that, I can't see him coming back. Same thing as a guy like uh, Christian Folan, uh, Dale Weiss, uh, Keith Kincaid. Just did not work out with the Canadians. He's not going to be back. And uh, you, you know, you'll, you, we're going to get into Laval later on, but. Um, you've got Vedamo, Lucini, um, you've got uh, Blandisi, guys that were brought in. Uh, oh, um, Noah Juleson, also an RFA. No, wait a minute. He is not an RFA. No, he is. No, he's not. No, he is. This is his last season. He's an RFA okay. for the 2021 season. Okay. Yeah. And Michael McNevin. Okay. Yeah. So, but, who, I can uh, see, who I can see coming back. I personally, I just see the only ones I see them really put any any thought into really bringing him back are Domi and Mete. Um, I think I think so. I, everyone I, else is kind of they're maybe? they're kind of they're kind of bubble guys right now. Yeah, but um, you know Xavier Willette's been the captain in Laval. I can see them maybe bringing him back for to have a, you know, the guy's only twenty six years old, but he's a you know, a veteran presence in Laval. So I can see them maybe bringing him back. But, you know, the, the, the main the main pieces right here are Max Domi and, and uh, Mete. When it comes to what I believe he's going to do this summer, I think that priority number one is going to be replace Kincaid. I don't think Charlie Lindgren's going to cut it and be able to step in and be a 25-30 to 30 game uh, backup for Carey Price. So I'd be looking at uh, free agents when it comes to goaltending. There's not a lot. Well, there, there is a lot out there. However, are they going to leave their teams and go to the Canadians? Or are they going to try to look for a starter's job? Somebody like... Um, for instance, um, uh, Robin Leonard. You know, this is a guy that could probably be a starter on some teams. UFA, uh, same thing as uh, somebody like uh, Thomas Grice. Um, I don't think Halak's going to leave Boston, and I don't think Hudobin's going to leave Dallas. And these I, are the uh, right, and these are the big ones. My my eyes on uh, Craig Anderson from Ottawa. I think that's, uh, it's a possibility. I just I don't think like with the with the history he has there, and you know, yes, he's an aging goalie, he's thirty nine. I just think with the history he has in Ottawa, and the fact that Ottawa is already hurting for goaltending, I can't. I, I I can see him coming back for at least a year, and then maybe hanging up the skates. Yeah, because he's what thirty eight or something. I think he's thirty nine. Thirty nine. Thirty nine. Yeah. yeah. So I mean. Uh, Jimmy Howard's another guy. Corey Crawford. Uh, you know, Holby's not coming, but uh, um, there's a lot of high-end goaltenders available out there. There um, is. If they were to the, sign uh, Jimmy Howard, he'd have to do a hell of a lot better than he did this year. That's for sure. Oh, you know, he had wow. two, two wins this year. <laughs> he was on a terrible team, too. But that's true. That's you're, true. You're absolutely right. Jimmy Howard, 
I mean, we have, let me see, uh, Jacob Markstrom's another guy that you could look at coming over. He's, he's only 30 years old. He played well with Vancouver. He had 23 wins and 275 goals, 918 save percentage with uh, Vancouver. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of restricted free agent, though. Uh, no, he's a UFA. I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, he's a UFA. Uh, I'm just, I'm looking at the list now. So okay. Uh, Mike Smith, if you want to bring in a veteran guy who can still bring it in the NHL, uh, Louis Domingue could be an option. Could be, but they did have the opportunity to get him in free agency, and they didn't yeah. jump on him. Yeah, I mean, but I look at Louis Domingue as a Keith Kincaid type guy as well. That's true. Uh, is he going to be that guy, or is he going to be that other guy? You know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I I agree with you. I think Kaboden or Halak would be our best options because they're used to playing the backup role and yep. they play it well. However, I don't think they're leaving where they're at. Uh, Cam Talbot's another guy who's available. Yeah. Um, I mean, personally, if you if if you bring in a guy like Leonard or Crawford or Anderson. You're looking at a 1A and a 1B type goaltending tandem with uh, Carey Price. So uh, the way I look at it is what you're looking at is one Carey Price is going to play 40 to 50 games and and the other guy is going to play 30 to 40 games. Uh, And I think that's what you need with with Carey just to take some of the load off him. Um, you got to look too. Uh, Montreal has 14 draft picks this year coming up, and uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten next year. So they have 24 picks in the next two seasons. Uh, I can see them at the draft, either trying to move up, like I'm kind of changing gears here, uh, maybe trying to move up in the draft to get another first round pick, or throwing that in there. Because if you really look at them, they still need left handed D. Yes, they do. I still believe they need a power forward. For, I think they, I think six. they, I think they do as well. And a guy that could fit the mold in that, depending obviously on the cost, would be somebody like um, a Wayne Simmons. Yep. Yeah. Or me, or if he's healthy, uh, a Josh Anderson. But he's got a shoulder injury right now, so we'll see what happens there. I think Josh Anderson would be perfect in Montreal, but. And coming he's off a bad of, year, coming off a bad year, he might be a little bit cheaper than others. He's coming off a bad year with an injury, though. So that's it right. Was his bad year because he was hurt. It was his bad year because he's he's going down. Um, Sam yeah. Gagne has been named, has been brought up about coming to Montreal, but I don't see him being a top six guy anywhere. No. So no. Uh, Taylor Hall's available, but I don't see him going to Montreal. Well, it's going to be like last year, and um, of oh, course, really, this summer Bergevin got he got to swing for the fences. He, he, he probably has... he's probably going to try, but all these big names, fans are going to say, you know, they should go after Petrangelo, or they should go after Taylor Hall, or they should go after, you know, uh, Matthew Barzell and try to um, offer sheet him or Mike Hoffman. I would not want personally. I wouldn't want Mike Hoffman, especially with all the shit that went on with Eric Carlson. I would not want him in yeah. the Canadians. They don't need that kind of drama. But um, there's been. Um, a lot of people out there, and this is going to piss off Boston fans, but there's been a lot of people that are suggesting that the Canadians should uh, take a uh, take a shot at uh, Tory Krug. I, you know what, I uh, I suggested that too. Tory Krug's a UFA. He's 29 years old, 49 point guy, left handed, and if I were Montreal, that is the defenseman I would go after. 
I would uh, he definitely I would be, be on your, him. Uh, top pairing defenseman with Weber, that's for sure. Oh, he. I mean, the only other guy I see really available for Montreal that could make a difference is TJ Brody out of Calgary, um, and he's thirty. So at least you're you're saving a year with Tori Krug, and of course Krug got. I mean, he would be your top line. He would be your guy set up with Weber. Yeah. Uh, then you'd have Petrie and uh, Sherratt and then Romanov and whoever down in the uh, down on the third line. Juleson, Kale Fleury. I'm hoping, I, I'm hoping Juleson because I think Juleson, if he wasn't injured, would have been an NHLer this year personally. I'd um, say so. I'd say so. I, I don't think Juleson played that bad when he played in the NHL. I think injuries just took their toll. I mean, he's only 23 years old, so I mean, the Habs could have a benefit of two of of really filling in holes from within as well. If Kotkaniemi can come back and play, and Kotkaniemi and Ryan Paling can make the team next year and play at a level that we would assume they would play, both third line guys, I would say, uh, for next year anyway, then. You're you're kind of already helping out your cause because now you're moving guys like Domi and Druin up into the top six. You don't have to spread them out into that uh, third line. Absolutely. So, so I mean, and and then the, then we also have, if you really think about it, now we have kind of too many C's. So, I mean, we've well, got Nick Suzuki. I, like before, it was something that we couldn't, that we just we didn't have any, and right. now we've seen. Uh, a guy that a lot of people see as a winger in Suzuki, and he came in this year, and when they put him at center, he really blossomed, especially when he played with Kovalchuk, who could come back next year as well. He could. I'm not. I, I'm personally not on that train. I'm not on the let's bring Kovalchuk back train. Uh, I would rather see... I commit to a 38-year-old player. Uh, unless he's really cheap. If he's really cheap, then I don't have an issue with it. I can see it being but, a... Uh, we've talked about this before. and like I can see it being a really performance-based contract. I just yeah. perform, You know, like um, when again, like, was it again they played for Boston? They played... They made a certain amount of money, and then they just performance bonus the shit out of it, and they tore it up. Yeah, yeah, I, and I, I'd be happy with that too. But now we have a re, had a resurgence of Paul Byron at the end of the season. He uh, looked Jonathan Druin. Jonathan Druin. Hopefully, he'll do the same thing once he's completely over his injuries and look like what he did at the first before he got injured. This. So if you have those two guys playing like that, where's where's Kovalchuk going to fit? And then if you do bring in Kovalchuk. now you're keeping Kotniemi and Paling back in the AHL for another. Not that there's a, yeah. anything wrong with that. But Kakinami was dominating in the AHL. I can see I can see Kakinami coming back and starting with Montreal. I can see Paling though um, being a uh, top six guy in Laval to at least start, start the year. Oh, I, I, and I agree. I, I totally I'd agree with somebody, that. Just... I'd put somebody like uh, Jake Evans above him. And there's uh, another player that really enjoyed his time in Montreal. That was a veteran guy that was a great guy in the locker room, uh, Nate Thompson. He's a guy that could come back for another year. Yeah, I don't mind Nate Thompson because you do need a fourth-line center because you're not – you don't want – I mean, unless you want Paling on the fourth line, which I think will be more of a hurt hindrance than, than good for him, or you, put, or you stick with uh, Jake Evans on the fourth line. Yeah. 
you're you're either going with a rookie or or, or the veteran Tom Tom. So I don't think they're going to bring Thompson back. Although I wouldn't be upset if they did. Uh, yeah, it would it wouldn't bother me if they if they were to yeah. do that. It's it is what it is. Um, the one thing that we're not going to see, uh, I don't I don't think we're going to see a lot of uh, Canadians prospects jump into the mix into the team next year. I think uh, the team that you saw this year is going to be much of the same unless there's a trade or um, we bring in a UFA. Um, I agree. We we, we, we might see somebody. Uh, well, for instance. Bergevin has talked very, very high about Romanov. He's played in the KHL. Can he make the team out of camp? Absolutely. Um, is it going to be a top pairing type thing? Probably not. No, you're, no. You're, you're not going to get a lot of offense from this guy. You're, you're seeing him. He's more than likely going to start the year if he signs and if he comes over. You're likely going to see him as a 5'6 guy, probably playing with uh, someone like Kulak or... Flurry or Juleson if he's healthy, and you play him with either one of those two guys, you're going to see some smash and bang type hockey. That's for damn sure. Oh, especially him and Flurry. Yeah, absolutely. But but, but I now really if think you look it, at that. I, I, go ahead. No, I was just going to say if you look at him coming over, you have to not be thinking he's going to be a top four defenseman right out, right out of the gate. He, yeah. I, I totally agree with you. He's going to be a bottom pair defenseman. I believe he'll make the team out of uh, a training camp, unless he has a terrible training camp. Uh, I think it, 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 it's really his spot is to lose, I think, coming into Montreal. That's true. However, I think Bergman wants him there. If you bring him in, that leaves you Romanov, Mete, and Sherrod on the left side. Or Kulak. Or Kulak. And, and if you want to be honest, Kulak was playing better than Mete. When Mete for, the mo- for the most part, he was. However, yeah. I can see Mete um, getting a spot over Kulak. Kulak's, the, in my opinion, and more than likely, he'll be the seventh guy. We all know my opinion on Mete, Matt. So I agree, but he's a, but he's a, but he's a young guy, and you know he he did jump into a position that he probably shouldn't have been in. Um, I, I totally way too agree. early. And I think right now, Dan Kulak are going to split between the sixth and seventh spot. I don't think you're going to see righty lefty all. I think the two bottom pairing, unless Fleury makes the team, is going to be two lefties. Personally, it could be. It could be because I don't think Fleury at this point in the stage is better than Kulak or Mete. So, and you don't want Fleury and or Mete. And or Kulak sitting in the press box, games on end, on end, on end. That's true. Uh, so if Romanov makes the team, then you either got to trade out Kulak or Mete. Yeah. Or Flurry spends another year in the AHL. Yeah, that, I agree. that's the way. That's the way I look at it. And well, I'm okay with all those scenarios. Well, as long as people don't look at Romanov as, um. Kind of like what happened with Paling, right? Paling played his first game. We all remember it. It was a great game. It was a huge moment for him. Hat trick in his debut. And people said, this guy is going to come in next year. He's going to be the third line guy or the fourth line guy. He's going to tear it up. He's going to be, you know, this uh, this this prospect, this first round pick that the Canadians drafted. 
We're going to be all happy and proud of them and everything like that. This year, 27 games, you put up two points. But he was also buried on the fourth line with terrible players. Right? That's true. Right? And, and I'm not true, defending but the, the game guy. that he played, the game that he played again, that, um, he got that hat trick. He was, he was on the third, fourth line in those games too. He was, but he was also playing against a depleted Toronto defense who wasn't playing their top players and, and a Toronto team that didn't give a shit if they won the game or not. That's true. I'm just saying. I'm 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 just playing the devil's advocate here. That's that's true. But I I, really. I expected a little bit more out of him. I did too. I I expected him to start with the team with the Montreal Canadiens, and I expected him to be at least a third line winger for the most of the season, maybe thirty points. You know what? He did have his good games. He just didn't put up the points. No, and he was. And to be honest with you, he he was he was hit and miss in Laval as well. Uh, but I think a lot has to do with when he went first sent down to Laval. I think he was very disappointed in it, and I think that showed in his game. So I'd say so. I'd say so. Yeah. Um, so having said that, like I mean, in Laval last year, before he go crazy, he only had thirteen points in thirty six games, five yeah. goals. Yeah. So, you know, really, that's not. Really, the numbers you want to see from uh, from a guy who you're hoping is going to be at least your third line center. Yeah, uh, I agree. But I think Bouchard worked with him uh, when he got a second call up to Montreal. I think he looked much better. He did. Uh, he just didn't have the puck, and when you don't have the puck, you're not going to uh, you're not going to get the points. Uh, so, so speaking of Laval, yep. Um, what do, Ooh, what another do you good su- segue by Matt. <laughs> so, so speaking of Lavelle, um, we saw that um, some players were let go. Maybe for players yes. that uh, they shouldn't have been traded for. Um, continuing with that, what, what do you see the, the team looking like for next year? Um, do you see... Somebody like a, a Hillis, Fonstead, McShane, etc. Do you see one of them possibly being signed and uh, joining the team next year? Well, as of right now, they have five contracts left to play or left to sign without the RF. Right now, well, that's without your RFAs and UFAs going in the next yep. year. Yeah, you you count up all your RFA and UFA USAs UFAs and all that stuff. They have eighteen contracts. Available to sign next year. Uh, of those 18, uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, I'm counting that loud here, 10, <laughs> 11, 12, 13, 13 of them are RFAs. Yep. So that leaves you with, uh, I think we have four UFAs, one, good old Cap Friendly, two, three, four UFAs. Yeah, shout out to right? Cap, shout out to Cap Friendly. Yeah. <laughs> So you have uh, four UFAs. You have how many RFAs I count? One, two, three, four. Terrible memory. Uh, five, <laughs> six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Twelve, thirteen. So you have thirteen UFAs, four, thirteen RFAs, four UFAs. That gives you seventeen plus the five we have available right now. So really, I'm wrong. My math is wrong. It's actually twenty-two, right? Yep. So going into next year, you have twenty-two contracts you can sign. As of right now, on the reserve list who can come in next year, you have Fonstad, Jordan Harris, uh, Cameron Hillis, Samuel Hood, 
and I believe Jacob or uh, Arson Kisima Tadinov. I, I didn't say that right. The KHL guy. Yeah, the KHL guy uh, yep. and Alan McShane. Yep. I believe those are all your guys. Well, Jacob Olsen and Romanov, of course, and Brett Stapley. So these yep. are all your Arvid Henriksen. There's a lot of these guys you're not going to see anyway. But nope. uh, So out of the 22, if you look at the RFAs that are available, now I'm going to get deep into this discussion here. There's <laughs> guys you know. In UFA, there's guys you know aren't coming back. Keith Kincaid's not coming back, but he's going to be replaced with a goalie, so his doesn't really matter. That's right. Uh, I believe Noah Juleson will come back. Now, here's where it gets a little tricky. You have the Mario brothers and Lucini and Blandis- Blandisi. Okay. You have Vadimo, Sturtz, Luchuk, uh, Evans, and Wake, along with Juleson and McNevin. They're all your Laval RFAs. And, of course, you have Mete, Ouellette, Houdon, and Domi. Personally, I think Houdon and Ouellette are not coming back. I don't, I don't see them guys being signed. It's, um, it's, hard, it's hard to say for me. As I said, if they, want to, if they want to keep a leader, like a veteran guy, down in, uh, down in uh, Laval, then they'll bring back... Um, They'll bring back uh, Willette. Yeah, I'm just I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence about Houdon. I really don't know. Um, I can't see. I can see Blendisi coming back as well. Another veteran guy. Yeah, uh, uh, Laurent Dauphin was just signed. So he's he just back. signed, etc. He signed um, through to twenty one, twenty two. So Evans will be back. Um, I can see guys like uh, like Wicked will be gone. Um, Vadimo will be back. He'll be back. Yeah. I don't see um, Luchik Sturts coming back. No, he was a he was a guy that uh, the you know two guys that barely played. Uh, Sturts came over from uh, the Riley trade, I believe, from Ottawa. We didn't yeah. see we didn't really see him, but I don't think we're gonna see him. And so, uh, I mean, when it comes to goaltending, there you know it's gonna be Primo's net, in my opinion. Um, are so we do gonna you bring see McNevin back or? Does Lindgren go down and? Uh, I'd say I, I'd say honestly I'd send Lindgren down. I don't as I said I don't think he's ready. Um, the only thing that Montreal's going to run into is they don't like Carey Price, phenomenal goalie. I don't like his contract. A well, lot of people I mean, don't like his contract, right? But ten and a half million dollars. Um, nothing against Carey Price, right? Nothing against Carey Price. I'm not. So people that listen to this don't think I fucking hate Carey Price or anything. I do hate bit, Carey right? Price. <laughs> I'm just not a big fan of the contract because you got to look at it this way. If they go out and they do what I say and go and get a serviceable backup, all right? A serviceable backup is going to cost you over $2 bucks at least, okay? So right there for two for your goalies, you're spending 12 and a half. That's at the low end. If they actually come in and they bring in somebody like um, a Robin Leonard or a Halak, uh, you know, guys that can actually uh, play that amount of games, you're looking to probably sign these guys for three, three and a half, maybe more. So say we say we go with say three and a half, you're spending fourteen million dollars just on goalies. Well, if you if you want to get into that, Leonard is making five million this year. 
Exactly. Grice is making 3.3. Halak's making 2.7. So Halak and Kabodin, 2.7 and 2.5, they're making backup goalie money. Yep. But if they want to get a Leonard or a Crawford or even a Markstrom or Anderson, you're probably looking at around four to five million. Yeah, you're looking. You're looking at a. You're yeah. You're you're looking at something, or you're going to look at a team that might, um, like St. Louis, for instance. They've got Bennington, who's the future of that of that uh, of that team when it comes to goaltending. Well, they've got Jake Allen. He's signed for another couple years. I think he's making a little over four mil. Maybe they throw a draft pick and a prospect their way, and they bring in him. You never know. It, it's possible you know, that they do a trade like that to take cap space. Because Montreal, I mean, their current cap space is, well, it's not a lot. But with okay. all the cap that's supposed to come next year. Now, here's we're, the thing, We're too. getting into cap space. We're getting into cap space. I'm going to bring up this. The Montreal Canadiens, and I did this on the last show that we did with uh, Dustin Bufflin. Um The Montreal Canadiens will trade for Hendrick Lundqvist. And the Rangers are going to eat most of his contract. Ooh, you heard it. A bold you prediction. Heard, yeah, you heard it here first. He's making about <laughs> eight and a half million dollars a year, so I doubt it. But if they eat most of his cap, then we'll see. He would Ooh. be a service. He would be a serviceable guy. He would be. And I mean, with them he, having, he's a, uh, he's a future uh, Hall of Fame goaltender. Oh, he's a phenomenal goalie. He's you know he's yeah. uh, he's uh, a little bit older than. Uh, you know, you know, is it, it is starting to show on him. He's about thirty-seven, thirty-eight now. Thirty-eight years old, making eight and a half million dollars. Thirty-eight years old. Um, he's got one year left on his deal, and this year he was he had a three point one six and a nine oh five save percentage. So oh, not the pretty good not, range. You know, not the most amazing uh, stats. But with them having uh, Shosturkin and um, Gregoriev, that's yeah. the future tandem in he, in in New York. And until, both of those until the players, car accident. Yeah, exactly. Until the car but, accident, Lundqvist was in the press box. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. So these two guys, um, you know, I'm, I'm rambling a little bit. It's probably never going to happen. But um, Shosturkin and Gregoriev, they're both 24 years old. Um, Gregoriev's an RFA and Shosturkin uh, has a, a year left on his deal at 925. So they've got, they've got a really Gregoria. Well, you never know. He's an but he's an RFA and he would probably uh he'd probably cost them a little bit. That day for Gregoriev, you heard it here first. Done. <laughs> one for one deal. RFA for RFA. <laughs> Um, I was going to get it back. What I was going to say about the cap, salary cap, is with the season shortened, that cap space might not go up as much as people think it's going to go up. Absolutely. Because the revenue is not there anymore. That's and the true. salary cap That's moves based on revenue. So where they were expecting this, what, $7 million jump or something like that? It was quite a substantial jump, yeah. I don't yeah. know the exact number, it gonna, but it was, a, it was quite substantial. I think instead of going to 81, they thought it might go to 85. So... Uh, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's going to jump like that anymore. I don't think you're going to see that, which won't really hinder Montreal, depending on what they sign Domi and their, their free agents for. But 
because Montreal going into next year, their cap space is going to be. Da, da, da. Where are we here? Current cap space next year is going to be twenty million. That's with the upper limit being. Like, do I get that right? Yeah. So that's with the upper limit being eighty-four. Okay. That's with your RFA. That's before you sign your RFAs and UFA. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, Domi's probably going to fetch anywhere between five and six and a half. More than likely, but it's it's kind I, of a, I'm hoping closer to the five. But that's what well, it's kind of a have. blessing in disguise this year that. And, and nothing against Domi, big big Max Domi fan, but he wasn't the player that he was last year. I he had flashes of it. I think it had a lot to do of where he didn't know where he was playing. That's true. He didn't know because he, he went didn't know from if he being was a winger, a, center, and then well, he got he was buried. A first line guy. He was a second line guy. He was a third line guy. He was a left wing. He was a center, and then he was back on the wing. And he had uh, musical wingers and musical yeah. musical line mates. Um, he didn't really have, uh, you know, you see, you see the top line in Montreal with uh, Tatar, Gallagher, and Janelle, and that line fucking works. And there's a reason it works because they it's kept the them together. It's the second best five-on-five line in the NHL. Yeah, they kept them together, yeah. and uh, we saw them at it was at it was at uh, training camp that uh, these guys started playing together, and it was like a no-brainer. The next year, they brought them back and. Once again, they played very well together. It, it, it's after that that you're you're loose because when Domi was hot at center, Drouin wasn't very hot on the wing. Absolutely. And then when Drouin was hot, actually Drouin and Domi worked pretty well together until Drouin got hurt. Yeah, they didn't so, do too bad. And then you had a guy like um, um, that, that was on his wing every now and then with uh, Armia. And Armia was yeah. lighting up until he got injured. Yeah. So... I mean, I know people hate to hear the injuries thing, but I think Montreal, personally, I think Montreal would have been around a 90-some-odd point team if everyone stayed healthy. Personally, yeah. that's what I think. Yeah, more than whether, they make the, whether they make the playoffs or not, I don't know. I think they would have, but that's just my opinion. Domi, just... Domi was on pace for still probably 50 points, 50-ish yes. points. Yeah. And uh, that still wouldn't have been a terrible number. Like, he put up... Uh, his first full year in the league, he put up 52 points, and he probably would have hit that. Um, other than, he, you know, he, he wouldn't hit 72. No. Well, and I don't think he was going to hit 72 again anyway. I could see him as a 60-65 guy going which forward. Is, which, is, which I'm fine with. And I'm fine with that as well. Drew Ann's the same. I see Drew Ann as a 60-65 guy. I see uh, 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 Gallagher as a 60 guy, 60-point guy. Uh, I see Dano as a 60-point guy. If you look at the team this year, people were saying, oh, uh, that one of the arguments about Montreal being a bad team is like, well, last year he had people playing above what they played the year before. Like, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, I agree. This year it was the same thing. Thomas Tatar did better than he did last year, which was better than his career before that. Uh, Philip Deneau was on pace to have a better yeah. year this year than he did last year. Yeah, Armia. Joel Armia was on pace to have a better year this year than he did last year. Uh, Nick Suzuki, well, of course he had a better year, but yeah. Shea Weber had a better year this year than he had last year. Jeff Petrie on pace to have a better this year than he did last year. Ben Sherratt had a career year. Kerry uh, Price did not. Victor Mete was on pace to have a career year. Um, he, finally, he finally scored a goal. He scored two. <laughs> So, I mean, Kotkin Emmy really was the only guy that regressed. 
if you really and, think and about it, cotton yammy and, uh, and, uh, and uh, Domi and Drouin, until he got hurt, was on pace to have a career year. He was still yeah, on pace. To, he was still on pace technically to have a career year, even when he came back from his injury, but just not as big of a career year as he was on pace for before his injury. Yeah. So to sit there and say. Oh, we needed all our players to have better years. Well, they were having better years, and then injuries stalled them. So, Joel Amelia, injured. Jonathan Druin, on pace for career year, injured. Thomas Tatar, on pace. Well, Thomas Tatar did get his career year, but again, he got injured. Uh, Brendan Gallagher got injured. Brendan Gallagher was on pace to score career high in goals. But, uh, so... That's why I say injuries hurt the Canadians. Without depth and your top players get injured, you're not going to win. No. Team like Pittsburgh has depth. So when they're top when when Crosby gets injured, Malkin steps up. When Ginzel gets injured, someone else steps up. But but what you know, about Tang man games lost? That's a stupid stat. <laughs> <laughs> it's a stupid stat. And anyone who brings man games lost into a, a scenario that's stupid. All right, so I have uh, all right. Here's I have Xavier Olette on my NHL team, and he missed 82 games. Is that really affecting my team? Absolutely not. It's affecting Laval, <laughs> but it's not affecting the Canadians really. But but you understand? What, but yeah. that's still 82 man games lost. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you know, go to hell with your man games lost. It's it's who you lost in those man games. Now, if I come up and said. I lost Sidney Crosby for 82 games, right? And I had no one to replace him like Malkin. Like, you know, replace the Sidney Crosby is Jake Evans, right? Then, then you're then, having an issue. Yeah. Then you're then you can have actually have, then you can have a debate about it. Correct. So, but uh, I think that's us there, Matt. What do you think? Did we, did we cover everything? I think we, uh, I think we did quite a bit. I think we did a lot of really good things for Cap Friendly and, um, <laughs> You know, you know your your math cap ability. Cap friendly starts sending us some money or something because absolutely, uh, we're absolutely all, all over the cap friendly. And we're really we're really happy that you color or you make them like color coded too. It makes it makes them so much easier to read for trade. Uh, you know who's an entry level on an entry level contract? No move contracts. <laughs> oh, wonderful! It's wonderful. But uh, uh, so that'll be that. Uh, we're gonna go to a commercial break. A couple of them, and then I'm going to get uh, I'm going to give Blaine a good call in his quarantine there and see how he's doing. See if he's going crazy yet. Uh, he's probably finished Pornhub by now. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I think when you finish Pornhub, you just put your initials in or something. And <laughs> it's like when you finish like the the old arcade games and you put your initials in at the end to see the right. top score. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll go to a commercial there, Matt. Uh, we'll see you again next week. Yeah, pleasure's always. Uh, for sure. And who knows? Maybe we'll do a special Toxic Tuesday where you and I can get together and just talk shit about people. Sounds good to me. Yeah. All right. All right. So, all right, Matt. So, we'll go to commercials there. I'll leave you. I'll give Blaine a call. And uh, we'll be back after these commercials. Are you in the market for quality sticks and equipment you can afford? There is a no-frills, no-nonsense company that wants to provide that to you, No Name Hockey. No Name Hockey is a small Canadian company started by former pro player Jason Goulet. When he retired, he searched for sticks that felt like when he was a pro, 
but could never find the right one or one that was reasonably priced. So he decided to start No Name Hockey. Now No Name offers high-quality, customized sticks at a fair price. They won't try to wow you with a fancy name. They will focus on providing you a pro-stock quality stick that you can afford. The cost of sticks has gone through the roof due to sponsorships and licensing fees. No Name Hockey makes sticks for the no-names and players currently making a name. Hello, Habs Unfiltered listeners. Uh, This is Blaine Podvay talking to you from quarantine in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Um, Unfortunately, I couldn't be on the show with the guys this week because, as I mentioned, I'm in quarantine. Uh, And I'm about to be deployed with the HMCS Ville de Québec uh, once this quarantine is up to uh, for Canada's response to the COVID-19 crisis. Uh, I'm not sure what we're going to be doing yet. I can't say. But uh, I know that whatever it is that we do with the Canadian Armed Forces to help Canadians, to me, is worth it. Um, The sacrifices made by our families in this time uh, hopefully will not go unnoticed. Uh, I just want to take this time to wish everyone impacted by COVID well. Um, Please stay at home. We need to flatten the curve. We need to beat this. Because if we can take these sacrifices now, we will be able to move on from here. Things will get better if we just listen to the experts. So let's, let's band together. Let's do this. Let's show the world why Canada is the greatest nation in the world and the friendliest. Once this is done, we will be able to welcome everyone back into our lives. We will have hockey. We will have the Canadians back. And then we'll have something to complain about that's actually, you know, in in the grand scheme of things, meaningless. Because right now, we're dealing with something that's very serious. Uh, On a lighter note, I would like to declare my hometown Sudbury Wolves, the Canadian Hockey League champs and Memorial Cup champions. Um, Prove me wrong. Have a playoff. Oh, wait, that's not happening. Um, (laughs) In all honesty, uh, I really wish I could have been on the show with the guys. Uh, From what Matt and Treg were telling me, it was really good. Uh, I hope everyone enjoys it. I hope that my deployment is short and I get to come back to everyone real soon. Because um, as much as I love serving my country, as much as I love being a sailor with with the Canadian Navy... Uh, I I much prefer watching hockey, talking about hockey, and interacting with you guys. Because, let's be honest, you guys are the best. You're Habs fans, you're our listeners, you, you deem it, you, you make you make the show what it is. So, I thank you very much. And uh, to Matt, I, I can't believe you hate Carey Price the way you do. It's just unbelievable. He's Carey Price. The man has done literally almost everything. He even helps young children have breakfast when they can't afford it. How can you hate that? Unreal. To Treg, um, you know how much I respect you, which is none. So, you know, that's why you're toxic. Nah. And finally, to everybody else, thank you very much for listening to our show. We much, we really, truly appreciate everything you guys have been doing with us. Um, I am rambling. I've been stuck in a room by myself for several days and it's getting to me. I'm looking at a Lego robot 
and I'm wondering if he's staring at me while I sleep. So stay home, be well, take care of each other. You can still talk to each other. Make sure your neighbor's okay. Make sure your friend online is okay. Um, and, and band together. Let's show the world what we're made of. And that concludes another episode of Habs Unfiltered. We would like to thank all our listeners, old and new, for joining us. We hope you were informed and entertained. And always remember, if you are talking about it, so are we. Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.